So how's everyone doing this morning? Everybody awake? All right, that's good. Uh, my wife got in this morning about uh, 12 something ish, and then uh, she was up at 5:30 like her normal self. And and she, as I said, she doesn't do. She didn't take Father's Day, uh, you know, into heart. She still got up and was making all the noise and doing all the stuff and making her coffee. No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. But uh, happy Father's Day to all y'all. And, and and we're so glad to have you in the house with us. And man, these lights are really bright today, like brighter than they normally are. But uh, it's good to see you guys. This this morning, but I want to take a moment before we go on to honor the fathers, but we also want to take it before we get started to acknowledge the importance of Juneteenth. Juneteenth. It's now a national holiday, but as, as I was looking and doing some research, it's been around since like 1865, and it's a day to commemorate the emancipation of the enslaved people in the United States. And what I loved most when I started re- reading about it, it was a day that everybody got together and prayed. Come on, it wasn't just about uh, being emancipated from slavery. It was a day they got together and they prayed and they fellowshiped together. They ate together and they believed God was doing, going to do the best things that he can. So we want to we, we encourage you to celebrate that today. And let's, uh, let's make this a day of freedom and also honor the culture of our African-American families from the past and the present and into the future. We thank you guys so much. But happy Father's Day again. I know you all have heard it 33 times and my mic is really loud, but I want to congratulate all you men out there who are working hard. You're working really hard to be a good father, whether it's a biological father, whether it's a stepfather, or whether you're a spiritual father to someone in the house. I want to congratulate you for the hard work that you've been putting in. But where it starts... It starts with being a good man. Can I get an amen? amen. Come on, my wife, she'd be like, ah, yeah, amen on that. But it starts with being a good man. It also starts with being a good husband and also a good father. Listen, let me be honest with you. Life's full of ups and downs, and, and being a man is hard. I had a woman say, yes, it is. It's because we got to live with y'all. I didn't. Just kidding. This is Mother's Day. I should say that for Mother's Day. But, you know... Even though we don't have to get our nails done, let me, can I tell you about the nails getting done? Let me just give y'all, I mean, my wife gets her nails done. If anything happens in that three weeks before she goes back, it is a detriment to my society. She has to, she has to show me every crack she'll go, did you see that? I'm like, what are you looking at? Don't you see that little speck that's on my nail? So we don't have to get our nails done, guys. Ain't that awesome? I honestly do not have to get my hair done about once a week, and it's with a three-blade uh, three razor, so I don't have to worry about that. And eyelashes. That's another whole nother sermon. We're gonna talk, we won't talk about that one. But, uh, you know, being a husband is challenging. Men, women are different. Can I get an amen on that one, too? There, we are two totally different creatures. And ladies, I want to read to you out of the men's dictionary this morning. Y'all want to hear something? And then I'm going to read to you, and then I'm going to translate it for you so that you'll be able to understand. When a man says, listen to this, when a man says, are you okay? He doesn't doesn't want you to say, I'm fine, because he knows you're not. Y'all know what I'm talking about. How are you doing? I'm fine. Well, I know you're not fine if you just told me that. When a man says, honey, take a break, you're working too hard, he says, I can't hear over the vacuum cleaner and I'm trying to watch the game. Y'all get this one. When a man says it's a guy thing, that means you ain't ever gonna understand it. Don't even, we're not even having the discussion anymore. 
When a man says, oh, don't fuss, I just, oh, this is a good one. When I, I just cut myself a little bit, it's not a big deal. What he really means is I'm probably severed an artery and I will bleed to death, so you better get over here and patch me up right now. And here is my big one. When a man says, I can't find it, he says, it did not fall into my outstretched arms when I looked for it the 30 times. They told me there were foam fingers for Father's Day. I went through every cubby back there twice. I said twice. Twice. And I still did not find them until I went back and looked the third time. And they were right there in front of me in a box. And Monica said, all you got to do is just open the flap of the box. As soon as I did that, they were right there. But, but we're men. When a man says you look terrific, he says, oh, please don't try on another outfit before we go out. I got one more. When man says that's not what I meant, this is a big one, listen to me. He said, that's not what I mean. He means if something I said can be interpreted, interpreted two ways and one makes you angry and mad, I meant it the other way. I didn't mean it that way, I promise you. Y'all know what it's like to be in an argument there, don't you? But listen, all jokes aside, we've gotta lead well. Uh, we're the head of our home. But, you know, sometimes our wives need us to be a leader with them, not a dictator. They, you got to understand that our wives are our co-pilots. They're not somebody who sits in the back seat. So, men, we have to lead well. And personally, you know, I've not always been the best leader in my, in my marriage and, in, and as a man and as a husband. But I'm so thankful that I have a graceful wife who puts up with me. I put up with her, too. But she puts up with me and has helped me through a lot of things. So thank you so much. I appreciate you, babe. But today, what we're here, we're here to celebrate fathers and how we can be a better father. The title of my message is this, Coach. Being a father is challenging. Listen, it's all new. How many got any new kids in the house? Uh, I know, yeah, Isaiah and Emily back there, I don't, praise the Lord, I'll pray, I'm praying a special blessing over y'all. But you got, you know, you got the dirty diapers that seem like there's like 6,000 of them and you learn how to change those things. You start out by doing that, then you get less sleep and all of a sudden it's terrible twos. I think it goes terrible two, three, four, five, six, thirteen. 13. Then they get into middle school and they get into high school where they know Everything. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all got any middle school and high schoolers that, that know more than you? I always thought my mom and dad were the dumbest people who ever walked the face of the earth when I was 13 to 14, but now it's, a, it's about the same way. But you watch them, and you see them grow up, and you know that they're not your baby anymore. And you know, listen, it's hard being a provider right now. I mean, gas $5 a gallon, y'all. It's, it's hard to be a provider in the, in the situations that we're in right now. But you know, sometimes... You know why? Because we live in kind of a material world. We live in a, in a world where it says, uh, it screams more. I need more money. I need more time. I need more of this and that. And I think it's a time we have to be able to teach our kids that we can live on, we can live on less and still have more. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I grew up and, and, I, and I knew I ate the commodity cheese and y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. But you know, the young people are like, what is he talking about? Commodity cheese. Um, but, you know, I grew up where I, I was taught to cherish what you had. 
You know what? So we need to be able to instill that into our kids that you know, matter, you might not have the best of everything, but you have the best of everything if you have a good mom and a good dad in your home. So kids, that's a plug for you to honor your mother and father. My mom dad, my mom used to say, you better honor your mom and your dad. You know why? Because your days will be long upon the earth. And she meant it too. Anyway. <laughs> but you know, um, we, we got we to gotta understand that we can live on less. We don't have to keep giving our kids more and more and more. And, and we got to teach our kids to appreciate the things that they do have. But what does it mean today to be a father? I remember Cain. I remember when, when Pastor Minnie wanted grandkids. Cain was about 18. And he said, well, that's not a problem. I could do that for you. And I was like, Cain, you, you don't understand. It, it, uh, she wants to do it to be the right way. Now we have a grand boy, and he is something else, and he's awesome when we love him. But it's more than just a physical act. Being a dad or being a father is a commitment. It's a responsibility. You know, maybe you felt like sometimes you've not been the best father. You know, I'll be honest. I, I wouldn't win the Father of the Year award. If my kids were here, they're probably throwing the, the red flag at me. But, but. And I'm not standing up here saying, telling you all that I know all the answers, but I can tell you one thing with a surety, that the answers are in the Word of God. And, and that's why we all, we've all made mistakes. We've all went backwards. We've all maybe not raised our kids the way that they should have gone. That's why we need a little bit of coaching. Y'all, can I get an amen on that? Let's look at Proverbs 4. We got Solomon speaking here. In Proverbs 4, he says this. He says, listen, my sons. To a father's instructions, pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one on the side of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Here Solomon is actually speaking to his sons and also a bunch of young men that were sitting there. He was giving them sound wisdom. He was telling him that he remembered a time sitting at his father David's bedside when he was giving him the sound advice. He was trying to tell them, sometimes you just have to listen. The first thing I'm going to ask you to do is watch your mouth. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful. Uh, Y'all know that song, right? Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Uh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Our kids are listening to everything that you say. And your, your words carry way more weight than you know they, you can ever imagine. The Bible says they can bring life and death. Look at Proverbs 18, 21. It says this. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. They can either encourage or they can strengthen or they can destroy a life. Our mouths are the gauge of the condition of our heart. So let me just be honest with you. We have to be careful that we're not speaking. Well, the Bible says this. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in your heart, you're gonna, it's going to come out of your mind. You ever been in, a, in an argument and you didn't mean to say that? Come on, you all say people in the house. You know what I'm talking about. You didn't mean to say what came out of your heart, but it came out, didn't it? So sometimes you have to guard what you say. We have to understand, are we speaking life? Are we speaking hope? Are we speaking death, defeat, or discouragement into the people that are around us? The best way a father can do this is to teach your kids by example. How to speak is by example. If you want your kids to say the right things, you got to say the right things around them. I had a, 
I had a, a boy that used to work for me, and his son made a, made a comment, and uh, he, he said, oh, I was, I was just mortified, and he said that in front of people, and I said, well, that comes out of your mouth every single day. So what do you expect him to say? If you don't want your kids to say the F word, you better not be saying the F word around them. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. They're listening, they're little sponges. They hear everything and they absorb it and they're gonna do what you do. So be careful what you do. But you gotta understand, speak life into your children. You gotta give them words of affirmation. You have to support them. You have to be able to encourage them because you know why? The right words can help shape the heart of a young person. Coaching tip number two. He's telling them, listen, my sons, to a, fa a father's instruction. Solomon is saying in a way, listen, Linda. Linda, listen. Listen and pay attention. So many times we, 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 we don't listen. And he's telling his kids, you gotta listen because God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we need to be better listeners. We're always trying to fix the problem and speak into the problem. And sometimes we just need to listen to them and use them the right way. You gotta listen more than you speak. The Bible says that. Sometimes you just gotta shut your mouth and you gotta listen before you open it and say something you shouldn't be saying. Listening is as important as talking. It says this to your child or says this to your spouse too. I'm trying to help the guys out because I'm trying to learn on this one too. I have a hard time in the middle of a conversation. I, I wanna get my... Oh, I'm helping. You want to get your point in, right? So you have to interrupt, and I'm really bad about that. But sometimes you just have to be able to say, listen, what you're saying is more important than what I have to say. My wife is the only one clapping there because she knows I have a hard time with that one. But it means I'm going to stop whatever I'm doing, and I'm going to listen to what you have to say. He also is saying you got to listen. You got to pay attention. And it's more than just physical. It's more than just, just being there. It's not being distracted and multitasking and doing 57 other things besides. Let me tell you what, before you know it, and some of you parents of older kids, you know, my kids are 20 and 31. It doesn't seem like, the, it, doesn't seem like it was too long ago they were babies. It goes just like that. I would sing Kenny Chesney to you, but you don't want to hear that this morning. Just like that. If you blink, it's gone. So I'm telling you, take the time to listen. Take the time to move away from the distractions and the multitasking. Sometimes we just need to take a moment with our kids and just pay attention. Listen, a study shows that when kids, I read this is awesome, when kids receive regular doses of healthy, positive attention, it reduces, listen to this, the attention-seeking behaviors. Kids will stop whining as much. You got any whiners in your house? My mom used to say, don't be whining because it's because what I said so. And they'll ask you the same questions over and over and over, right? Am I, hitting, am I hitting a nerve somewhere? And then if you don't give them the attention, they start picking on their little brother. They start picking on their little sister. And all of a sudden, there's a fight going on too, right? So it says if you can actually give them some good, honest, positive, healthy attention, it reduces all of those things. So listening, talking, and attention Actions do make a difference. I was reading also a similar story about, about somebody's dad, and it does make a difference with how you were raised. It makes a difference the environment that you were, uh, you were raised in. I, I've said this before. I was raised in not really a nurturing home. They didn't hug me and 
put me in bed and tell me they love me every night. And, and this was a similar story that I heard from someone else. And, and it affects you when you get older. You have a hard time going in for that hug. You have a hard time going in for that. So I'm going to tell you this much right now. You can break free from, the, the, from what you have gone through. You can break free and be a different person than maybe the way that you were raised. And so many times I've used that as an excuse. Well, I was raised this way. You know, sometimes you got to just change. That's a hard, that's another whole sermon series right there. But sometimes you just have to make those changes. And, and, you know, research says that dads that are involved, listen to this, uh, Thursday night, Emily had the baby over here and she was up here singing and he was over here just playing around. I was talking to him and, and I was really enjoying myself because she looked over and smiled at him and she knew that I was having fun playing with, with uh, Ezra. I started to say Ivy, that's not Ivy. But dads that are involved, Dads that are playful, dads that care for their babies have children with higher IQs. They have better language and thinking skills compared to those children whose parents are less involved. So your involvement in the things that you do in your kid's life is super important. A father's involvement also is associated with fewer behavioral problems at school. We have any teachers that have any behavioral problems at school right now? Y'all are afraid to raise your hand, aren't you? But I mean, we have a generation of kids right now, that, kind of a fatherless generation of right now that don't know which way to go. But if you'll teach them the way that they'll go, it, it decreases the behavioral problems. So dad, it's, impre- it's easy for me to say, it's important that you take and be a part of your kid's life. Coaching number three, ask for help. Ask for help. Proverbs 4, 5, he says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget to turn away from my words of my mouth. God told Solomon, he came to Solomon and Dave, he said, you're gonna be the king. He said, I'm gonna give you anything that you want. What would you do if God said, okay, I'm about to give you anything you want. All you gotta do is ask about it. I'd be like, okay, I gotta pray about this one because I really wanna make sure that I do the right thing. First thing we would say, okay, I want all the money in the world. I, I want all, all this, all the material things start coming to our mind. But what Solomon asked for is he says, I'm about, I'm a young man and I'm about to really lead a whole nation and I need wisdom and I need understanding. You know what? God is the one that supplies the answers to all of our questions. We can Google it, and yeah, it'll give you a good thing, but I'm gonna tell you something. There's a difference between going to Google and to God because we have to learn how to pray. We have an open line of communication with the best wisdom person. With the best person who can answer every question that you have. And listen, it's all in God's word too. So if you don't know how to lead and you're having a hard time being a husband, father, man, I think you just need to open up the word daily and understand it. You gotta allow, here's another thing, you gotta allow the Holy Spirit to help you. Come on, any of y'all have been having some, having some trouble with your kids, you just said, and you made all the wrong decisions. So I think sometimes you just gotta say, God, I need your help. I'm about to kill somebody up in here. I'm about to choke little Timmy and, 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 and you know you don't want Timmy to come to heaven too early. I need your help. Come on, y'all been there before. You wanted, you wanted to do that. I think we gotta get to the point where we just ask God for help in everything that we do. And listen, don't be afraid to ask someone else who's been there and done that. Some of you young fathers, ask somebody who sees and maybe has an older kid. Proverbs 15, says this. It says, without counsel, plans go awry. 
But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. But listen, only take advice from someone who you would be willing to trade places with. You ain't going to a dentist that don't have no teeth. Are you? You keep going back to that person for relationship advice. And girl, you couldn't even keep a man for six months. Guy, you acting crazy and you can't keep a girlfriend either. And you're asking for all this advice. Don't go to people who can't give you sound advice. You know what? The advice is not just for the younger fathers. This is for the fathers that have older kids that maybe are out of the house already. And listen, there could be some things you're still working on your relationship. I'm still working on it with my kids. And it's been a battle, but it's, it's getting there. But it's still a work in progress. But me, I don't really like to follow instructions. I'm a man. Y'all like to follow instructions? I look back there at Gil sometimes, and he got, to, he got to come in the thrift store over there one day to help us put some stuff together. And you get some of that stuff from Amazon, and there ain't no instructions in that. You're just on your own, right? And sometimes the instructions even seem like they're in Japanese to me. And let me tell you another thing I don't do well. I can't put anything together with my wife. Do you remember when we put that little desk together for about four hours, and I think we fought for three and a half of them, but, you know, I'm not really good with instructions. I'm not really good with that, but listen, it's okay. Maybe you don't follow instructions, or maybe you've had the wrong or received the wrong instructions. You might feel like you failed. You might feel like you've messed up, but... That's where coaching and in God's word, that's why it's important to be in his word. That's why it's important to be in prayer because you don't have all of the answers and he's there to be the best coach for you. Coach tip number four. I like this one. Don't be afraid to make adjustments. We have to adjust. Pre-game plans are good and necessary, but you should, and you, listen, you got a plan. But sometimes when you have a pre-game thing, the other team has watched your film I'm talking to sports people in here. They're watching your film, and they know exactly what you're going to be doing in, in, in the moment. You know? And that's what the enemy does. He knows how to push all of your buttons. He knows what bothers you. He knows what to put out in front of you, and especially around your kids. Come on. How many times you, 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 you shouldn't be fighting in front of your kids, but that's when he pushes your button the most is right in front of your kids, right? He knows the plans, and he knows the tactics that he needs to use. But we see what he's doing, the examples of in relationship of kids and young people and the changes and the challenges that we're having all throughout the country right now. That's why halftime adjustments are, um, I'm about to get happy here in a minute, halftime adjustments are important. And what a halftime adjustment is, is the game plan ain't working. You came out with the best laid plans and you, hey, I'm going to win this game. I'm going to do everything that I can. And all of a sudden you go in at halftime and you're down by 30. You have to learn how to adjust. It's just not working. And maybe you've never made a game plan together in your spiritual journey I'm talking about. Maybe your prayer life needs a little halftime adjustment. Maybe your reading of the word and maybe church is, can, needs to become a priority and you need a halftime adjustment on that. Can I get an amen from all the pastors in the world who want their kid, people to come to church? But let me tell you something. What makes a good coach a great coach? What makes a good man a great man? What makes a good husband a great one? What makes a good father father also a great one? 
It's halftime adjustments. We gotta make a few adjustments. We gotta take a few steps. We gotta stop tailgating and get into the game. We've been sitting on the sidelines too long and God is pulling us back in to be the priest and the royalty of our homes. Listen, my dad wasn't perfect and just like all of y'all, he made mistakes. But the one thing he did instill in me is this, the importance of God in my life. It says, Proverbs 22, 6 said this. It says, train, say train. Train up your child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. He trained me at 9.30 on Sunday. You better be in the car and not putting your clothes on. He trained me the importance of being in church and, and ready to go to church again on Sunday. Y'all don't even know what I'm telling you. Going to church two times in one day? What in the world is that? But he trained me at, at 5.30 that we had to go to church again at 6.30. There were some things, sometimes you have to do that with your kids. You've got to train them up. You've got to teach them about God when they're young. And when they get old, yes, they may run. Yes, they may make mistakes. But also, they're not going to, they're going to, it's Bible, what does he say? And when they're old, they will not depart from it. That doesn't mean, he'll, oh, Holy Spirit ain't afraid to go nowhere. He'll go in every bar. He'll go in every place. And he'll search you out. He'll go after you. He went after me many, many times. And even though I departed from the ways, it was always right there in my mind of the way I was raised. Coaching tip number five. This is a good one. You got to learn how to wear several hats. We need to encourage, we need to listen, we need to ask for help, but also we need to be firm sometimes. Being a father, you need to be a friend, but sometimes you need to be a father. Sometimes you can't always be their friend. And we live in a generation right now where everybody wants to be friends with their kids. But let me tell you what the Bible says here. It says this, Hebrews 12:1. it says, no discipline is enjoyable. While it's happening, my mom, you said, this is hurting me. When she, I was like, you lying, girl. It ain't hurting you. It's hurting me. It ain't hurting you. But it's not, ha you know, when it's happening, discipline is not enjoyable. It's painful. But listen, it says, afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. My mom and dad didn't do everything right, but they did some things right. They taught me how to honor and respect adults. They taught me uh, that the importance of church. They taught me so many things that are ingrained in my life right now. And sometimes you got to wear the referee hat. Do you all know what I'm talking about? you got to pull Susie off of Johnny because he's about to kill her. And oh, I said that, that was backwards. But sometimes you got to be the referee. And sometimes you can't be afraid to just, whew, you just got to throw a flag sometimes. You ever seen too, too many people in, in an argument, two of the kids, three or four of the kids, well, you gotta, you're getting ready to have a bunch of arguments in your home. But uh, sometimes you just got to throw a flag and you got to call a timeout. Not just putting them in timeout, you got to call a timeout for everybody in the house. Sometimes a timeout for the house just means everybody's going to chill, we're going to be quiet, and we're going to rest in God here just for a few minutes because I'm about to go off on y'all. Sometimes you got to wear that motivational hat. I remember I was playing freshman basketball. And listen, I'm not Michael Jordan. Pretty close. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm not Michael Jordan. I wasn't awesome at basketball, but I was pretty good. And I came from a little small county. We only graduated like 100 kids in our school. And I came from the wrong school. If y'all know what I'm talking about, I came from the school where the poor kids come from. And all the rich kids came from the town school. And, and when you had basketball and you had those things, it, it, 
it mattered where you came from. So me and another boy, we didn't get it, really get a chance to play a whole lot. And man, I, I went to practice every day. I ran and I sweated and I did everything that I knew to do. And I remember about, there was about four games left in the season and uh, we were down by 30 points. And he put me in for a minute. Well, I was glad to at least go in, but I got back and it really ticked me off. And then it hurt me. Because I was thinking, you know, I put all this time and effort into going to these practices and doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and yet I didn't get to play. I went to my dad and almost cry, I was almost crying, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to quit. I, this is just not working for me. And he said, listen, you've already put in the time. You've already put in the effort. You've already uh, gone through everything that you need to do. You need to finish the season. You need to finish what you start. And you know, I remember that I finished that way. I don't think I played another minute after that, and, and, but it taught me a little bit of things. So if your kids are already grown and out of the house, you can still be a good grandfather. You can still be a good spiritual father. You can still be a good mentor to young people. Listen, this younger generation needs to hear some wisdom from the gray hairs. I don't have any hair, but showing y'all got gray hairs. They need to hear the wisdom that you have because you know why? You've been there and you've done that. You can tell them, don't do that. Why are you telling me what to do all the time? Because I messed it up the first time. That's why I'm trying to tell you not to go down that path. But the most important step you can make is not the first one, it's the next one. You gotta make some adjustments. Your best days are in front of you. Haggai 2.9 says this, the glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord God. He can turn things around for you. You gotta quit looking back on regret. You gotta quit looking back at the past. You gotta quit looking back on, on what could have been, should have been. You gotta start looking forward to the future because there are some things that only time can heal. There are some things that only God can heal. So you gotta put the past in the past and say, God, it's up to you to take care of this situation. The end of something can also be better than the beginning. Here's the thing about God. He loves to make things new. Our father is a little different than our natural father. And maybe you have a distorted view of the father. I'm gonna talk about knowing God next week. Maybe you have a distorted view of the father because of how you were raised. But our father is different. I love, this, I love the words of this song, and I'm not gonna to try to butcher it, but it's a new song by Elevation World called Jaira. It says, I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up. There's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Come on, you gotta receive that. I feel somebody needs to receive that this morning. You'll never be more loved than you are right now. It doesn't take a trophy. It doesn't take you doing more and, and this to have God. He's looking out at you because you are his only one. You are, you are his prized possession. So guys, I'm encouraging you this morning to know that God loves you. He cares for you. He's standing and waiting for you to come back to him if you haven't made that trip back. back and I'm not gonna do the prodigal stun story. But I love that story. He's a loving, patient and forgiving Father. Let's all stand if we would, please.
Listen, no matter if you've not been the best dad, father, husband, best man, best provider, the good news is you can start over today. In golf, you get a mulligan. Me, I need 64 when I play golf. But with God, you get many chances. And God says you can start over. Maybe you've made mistakes as a father. Maybe one of the things you need to do is you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ first. Because without that, it's hard to navigate through the world that we're in right now. But when you let God be your navigator, when you let Jesus come in and be the king of your life, you start to get more wisdom as Solomon did. You get more understanding. You get to the place where you don't have to figure it all out because you know God has got your back. So this morning, with all heads bowed, if you would, maybe you've never made that declaration. Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. God, I want to be the priest of my home. I want you to pray it in your own way. I want to be the priest of my home, but I don't really know how to do that. I'm telling you, it starts with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. All you got to do is ask him to come in and forgive you. Admit you're wrong. That's the hard one. You got to admit you're a sinner. You got to admit you've made mistakes. But you also have to say, okay, God, I believe that you're going to take care of that for me. I believe that you died for me for that forgiveness. I want to encourage you all to make that personal step with Jesus today. We're going to have, we have our prayer on the left and right up here. If you want to make that step out, best decision, best home life you'll ever have is when you get Jesus into the middle of the house. The good news I want to give you, if you're a father, maybe you're doing better than you think you're doing. So many times we beat ourselves up and, and I just want to let you know that you are the head. The Bible says you're the head and not the tail. The Bible says you are above and not beneath. That you are the priest of your home. So I'm going to tell you something. Let yourself off the hook a little bit. You may be doing better than you think you are. This morning, I want to pray over the dads. And, and if you want to come up front, I, I want to ask you, would not just the current dads, but future dads, I'm going to ask all the men, if they would, just to come around this altar. Because I want to pray over you. I want God to have the best for you in whatever decisions that you make. Let him be the one that guides you and leads you. God, I pray right now over each man that's coming forward. Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you, God, that we're gonna take our rightful place, God, with our homes. I pray for strength over them right now if they're feeling a little bit weary right now. I pray, God, that, that whatever they need financially, God, you would provide that for them too. Maybe they're stressed out a little bit about the economy and, or the things that are going on. I ask you to be with them and lead them. God, I ask you for supernatural strength because the physical strength that we have in the, in the natural right now is hard. But God, with your supernatural, Holy Spirit, I pray over each and every one, every man up here right now that you would lead them, that you would guide them, you would direct them and tell them the path that they need to take. And God, if they've took the wrong path, God, boop, just veer them back a little bit, get them back on track because we've all been there. Father, I come there and I pray a blessing over these homes. I pray a blessing over these fathers, over these men, over these dads. I pray a blessing over their wives and, and their kids too, Lord. I bet they all prosper. Jesus, I come to you, to you this morning and I ask you to be with them and whatever they need in Jesus' name. There's healing in this place this morning.